Good morning and welcome to Redeemer's Church. We're so excited to have you here with us today watching this message. And I'm gonna be real honest with you. I am totally excited to preach this message today. The title of uh, the message today is called Because of the Cross. And I want you to realize that because of the cross, we have open access to things in the heavenly realm that were never available before Jesus went to the cross. I wanna start out today by reading a scripture from Hebrews. I've got quite a few scriptures to read today. And so uh, you're gonna get a good, good dose of the Bible. It's gonna be an amazing day, so sit down, Get on the edge of your seat and be prepared to be blessed by the word of God today. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this in the first verse, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip away every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance. Listen, the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, who the Bible says is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. There's another scripture that says he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for his own. See, his resurrection was amazing. Jesus is alive. He is making intercession for us, the believers who have said yes through our salvation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to know more about the amazing effects that the cross has had on the world for thousands of years. Jesus, I thank you that even though there was great shame attached to this idea of going to the cross and dying for us, you did it anyway because your word says you knew there was a joy that was waiting for you on the other side of that event. And Jesus, today I pray that people would realize that same thing as we walk the earth, that we too would know no matter what the circumstance, what the event, what's going on, when we have you, we know something amazing can always happen in our lives. And so Father, today, it's with great joy and honor that I bring forth this message. And we pray and believe everything because of the powerful and precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. This is what I want you guys to understand today. I want you to know that the cross was a total game changer. We can never just think that the cross was just some one-time event. The cross was a game changer that still affects us even unto today. Now, one of the words that were used in that text of scripture, it says that uh, Jesus, our champion, he initiates and perfects our faith. The word initiate means this. It means to cause or facilitate the beginning of something or to set something in motion. 
And this is exactly what the cross did. The cross began to initiate things, not just here on earth, but in heavenly realms too. The cross began to initiate something that was so powerful that it still affects us even today. Now, this is uh, what the power of the cross was all about. Jesus was setting into motion what the New Testament church was going to look like. And boy, oh boy, is it an amazing thing. His church, it's still living on thousands of years after his death, and it's more powerful now than it's ever been. We uh, are now the ones who are the current disciples of Jesus Christ. And in the same way that Jesus walked with his disciples, he still walks with us today. He still leads us today because the cross opened up a pathway so that we could have that intimate relationship with him. Today, I want to take a little time to talk to you about a few of the things. And, and, and when I say just a few of the things, because there's so many things, but there's a couple things today that I wanna focus on that are things that came because of the cross, things that we have, things that we can hold on to because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. The first thing that I wanna talk to you about today is that the power of the cross gave us a new and a lasting hope. Now, one of the things that you have to realize at the time that Jesus came to the earth, there was a lot of hopelessness. They had heard for hundreds of years about this savior that was gonna come and bring new life and do all the things the Old Testament prophets had said he would do, but they, had, they were yet to see it. They were living under the tyranny of a, oppressive government and a, and, a, and a system that was locked into Old Testament ways. There was no grace flowing on the earth. And Jesus was about to change all of that. And the people were waiting for something that was gonna take their hopelessness and turn it around and give them a new hope, a new vision, a new way, a new direction. And Jesus was the one who was not only gonna change their direction, but he he was going to fulfill what their futures would ultimately look like. We know that that's God's plan, that he has a plan to always make sure that we are full of hope. Let me just tell you, hope is an amazing word and it has a significant meaning. As a matter of fact, uh, the dictionary says that hope is this. It's a feeling of expectation and a desire for a, a certain thing to happen. It's uh, a feeling of trust. And so God's people at that time had an expectation of a coming king that would come and change the world. And they had trusted him for hundreds of years that this event was going to take place. We too can have a renewed trust in Jesus because of the cross. The cross opened the door. It connected the dots. It dotted the I's and crossed the T's of everything that was said in the Old Testament. And it's still alive and active and well today. Oh, I'm excited to be able to tell you about the things of the cross and the effects that it's had uh, for thousands of years. But because of the cross,
cross, we can have a new and a lasting hope. The Bible tells us this in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Listen, our futures are in the hands of a mighty God who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever imagine. Our hands are, our futures are not in the hands of a government or a system or earthly things when we ask Jesus Christ to come into our life. No, see, by the power of the cross, he has opened up a new pathway for us, a new hope that we can have a great expectation that all of the things that he has said to us, they are ours. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about God's promises, and it says for us who believe they are yes and amen. In other words, they are real. They are alive. They are things that we can hold fast to. Remember that when everything around you looks like it might be shifted or tilted or like a field goal that's off to the right, I want you to realize that's not the way God sees it. See, he says in this scripture that he has plans for us. He says in this scripture that uh, he wants to give us a future and in that future that we have a hope and that hope means that we can have a confident expectation that God is going to lead us into that place where he's going to protect us, provide for us, give us purpose and let his passion lead and direct our lives. One of the things that I want to say to you is this that when you're talking about the things of hope, I want you to realize you can't always trust the things that you see with your natural eyes. You see, our natural eyes can lead us astray. And I also want you to know this, that most of the things that we see in the natural are not the things that are being created in the heavenlies. In other words, I want you to understand this. What happens is this in the spirit that is the place that God is creating things. And you can trust that the God who created the heavens and the earth and everything that's resting in it is creating amazing things for your future. And, and he says he has a hope for you. In other words, you can have a confident expectation that the things that are ahead for you and your future are gonna be good things. Why? because you have a good God. You have a champion. Jesus in this scripture is called our champion. What did he win? What prize did he win? Well, he took over uh, the keys of, of, of hell. He, he overcame the grave and death. And because of that resurrected power, we too have those same hopes and dreams and destinies. We have a tremendous future and a great hope because of who God is, not who we are, but because of who God is. Let me read you one more scripture that the Apostle Paul writes to us in the book of Romans. In Romans chapter five, verse one, he says this, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace. And God, because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us, here we go, it's the cross again, because of our faith, 
Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. See, we are at a privileged place. The Bible says that we are children of the Most High God. And I don't know about you, but my father, Father God, he loves me and he chases me down constantly, not only with his love, but his blessings, not only with his blessings, but with his purpose. And he does great things in and through our lives. The Bible goes on to say in verse three, we can rejoice also when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope in salvation. Our confident hope of salvation. And verse five says this, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. Listen to me, this hope, this expectation of what Christ does never leads to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Listen, I want you to understand this, that the cross brought us into a place to where we can have a renewed hope. The cross has brought us into a place to where uh, that hope leads us into a place to where we're not disappointed. Let me give you a, a quick example of this. I have a great friend in Burundi, his name is Isaiah. And Isaiah has went through multiple difficulties and trials and turmoils in his life that have actually uh, brought him to a place to where he had to leave his native land, spend time in refugee camps and, and suffer the things that displacement brings. But I want you to understand something. In Isaiah's heart was always a confident hope, an expectation that one day God would bring him to a place where he would something great would happen in his life. Let me just say this to you. When you are focused uh, uh, of having God lead your future, first thing that happens is, is your past doesn't dictate that future. You know, uh, I want you to understand you're way more concerned about your past than God is. That's the place where the enemy wants to come in and, and bring discouragement to you. But God is, is not a God that remembers your past. Remember, the scripture said he has a future for you and a hope. And see, Isaiah could have got into a place when he was in Tanzania in the refugee camps to where he could have been bogged down by all the discouragement and destruction that comes in a life like that. But I want you to know this, that Isaiah had a hope to affect his nation. And one day when he came back after spending a lot of time in Tanzania, he recognized that there was a real problem in the church that uh, the, the people weren't teaching properly, uh, they weren't trained properly, and he had prayed and said, God, since you brought me back here, I want to be able to accomplish something great. Now, here's an interesting part of that story. He came back after being in the refugee camp and two times 
He had won a lottery in that refugee camp, one time to be able to go to Australia and a second time to be able to come to the United States in a refugee camp. He had two tickets out of that camp. But see, he had a hope that God was going to do something great in his nation. See, when we have a hope in Christ, it leads us to a place of expectancy where we're not motivated by what our flesh would like us to have, but we're motivated by what God would want to do in and through us. And to make an extremely long story short, today Isaiah is one of the most revered religious uh, figures in all of the nation of Burundi. He's responsible for over 153 schools training pastors, over uh, 5,000 students, most of them pastors, being trained to do the gospel of Jesus Christ. What an honor it is to be a part of that project, but what a neat thing it is to see when God puts a confident expectation in somebody's heart, it will supersede any and everything that the flesh would want them to do. See, God, through the power of the cross, has given us a new hope that we know that not only one day will we live with him forever, but while we are here on earth, he has empowered us to do great things. The second thing that I want you to see today is this, that through the cross of Jesus Christ, we have a restored personal relationship with him. This is huge. This is huge. When we go back to Genesis in the Garden of Eden, where uh, uh, Adam and Eve were at the place to where they uh, listened to the enemy, they sinned against God, they became separated from God, they uh, brought us into a place to where we, ne we didn't have direct access into that uh, personal place with God. As a matter of fact, they built a temple for his presence and, and the only people that could go into that special place, the Holy of Holies, uh, that place where you had interaction with God was a priest. And as a matter of fact, he went in representing all of the other people. Well, this was going to change because of the power of the cross. You see, God didn't want sin originally to ever separate us from a personal relationship with him, but that was the effect of the sin of Adam and Eve. But for all of those years, God was not satisfied with us being separated from him. He wanted something direct and personal with us. This is what the cross bought for us. We see in Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 through 53, it says, Then Jesus shouted. He's on the cross. He's at his last moments of life. He said, Then Jesus shouted out and he released his spirit. This is a key point that I want to make to you. Jesus didn't die because they killed him. He died because he gave up his spirit. He willingly died for us. You must understand that. I believe that he could have called down a legion of angels and destroyed everyone that was around him and took himself off the cross and never allowed himself to be there. But it was his ultimate destiny to be on that cross so that he could die and, and, and be raised again on the third day because there were so many amazing things that were going to be released 
once he came off of that cross and showed us the effects of resurrection life. At the moment, the, he says, at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. This was a very large curtain, very thick in size. And this was the place that separated man from the place that was holy for where God was. And this was the, the place that only a, a, a priest could go into. This is more than symbolism. This is more than just a, 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 a word picture. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split apart, and the tombs were opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery where Jesus resurrection and they went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Here's the point of this scripture that when Jesus died, this curtain, this, this veil was torn in two. No longer was there going to be that separation where somebody had to go in for you to be in the presence of God. The, the, the original intended place that we were to have with God was now open for us again. Not only was it just Adam and Eve who had that opportunity to be with God and to talk with God, we now had the open access. The power of the cross tore the veil so that we, you, me, all of us who say yes to Jesus, that we can have that intimate place of conversation, that intimate place of relationship, that intimate place of firsthand knowledge with our King is now ours. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Oh, that just excites me to no end. You know, there's nine different ways in the Bible that God wants to speak to us. I'm not going to talk about that in today's message, but he talks to us through his word. He talks to us through other believers. He talks to us through prophets. He talks to us himself. God, the father, God, the son and spirit. There's so many ways that God wants to speak to us. And let me just say this to you. I want you to understand God is still speaking to his people today. God is still doing great things through his people. And the cross is what opened that place of intimacy for us, his believers. I want to read you a scripture from Hebrews chapter 10 that also solidifies this idea. The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 10, 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter into heaven's most holy place because of what? The blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. That's just what I was saying to you. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right in to the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with the blood of Christ to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly, listen, without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good works. 
And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the return of Jesus is drawing near. People ask me all the time, Pastor, I see this thing happening and that thing happening. Do you think God is coming back soon? My answer is always the same. You know, the Bible says none of us will know the time of his return, but I can guarantee you this. He is coming back and every day we're alive, we're one day closer to the return of Christ. And so we need to be ready for that very thing. It's exciting to know that we have direct access to this amazing savior. It's exciting to know that the cross has brought us into a place of renewed hope. The third thing is an amazingly powerful thing. And I wanna be able to say this to you that this is the game changer for us as New Testament Christians. The third thing I want to say to you today is because of the cross, because of Jesus's death, we have the Holy Spirit released to us. Oh man, is this good. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18 says this, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. The word advocate means somebody just like the one who is being replaced. And in other words, this is like a verification of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying that I'm gonna release the advocate to you. That is one of the names of the Holy Spirit, somebody who stands right next to us in the same way that Jesus did. And he says this about the Spirit, this advocate will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. What is he going to do? He's going to lead us into all truth. Now listen, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives. I want you to listen to this key word. He lives with you now and later will be in you. He lives with you now. That's what he's telling his disciples. But there will be a day that he will come to live in you. This is the special thing about the cross. The cross released the Holy Spirit to us in a way that had not been done up to that time in history. And, and it goes on to say in verse 18, no, I will not abandon you as orphans that I will come to you. You know, the Bible says this about God. He says, the Bible says he'll never leave or forsake us. In other words, it doesn't matter what you're going through, where you're at, where you've been. You can trust. That's the thing about hope. Uh, hope is talking about having a trust. You can have a hope. You can have a trust and a faith to know that God will never leave you. And Jesus was telling this to a group of people who had came beside him in a very controversial way. He's telling them in John chapter 13 that he's got to go to the cross and he's going to leave them. But now he's assuring them that although I leave you, I won't abandon you because I will impart to you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has great purpose. Remember, he said that he lives with you now but later he will be in you. Jesus says something really cool in Luke chapter 24, verse 49 about this. He says, 
And now, this is the time after his resurrection because of the cross. And now, everybody say that with me at home. And now, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. I brought a, a, a jacket here because I want to do a, a quick visual here. The, the, in the New King James Version, it says that the Holy Spirit will endue you with power from on high. Now, that's, this is what that means, that the Holy Spirit will clothe you with power. In other words, it's like a jacket that the Holy Spirit, once I, I, I zip up this jacket, this jacket, it, it, you'd have to rip it off of me. This jacket envelops me. This, this jacket contains and, and warms me and, and gives me multiple benefits. This is what Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit does. He envelops you. He surrounds you. He comes upon you. He clothes you with power from where? On high. First, he said the Holy Spirit is, is with you now, but will be in you. Then he gives them another visual picture and says that they will be clothed with the Spirit, wrapped in the Spirit. We know the Bible goes on to say in Acts chapter 1, 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Wow. There's a distinct purpose for uh, the, the release of the cross. You see, Jesus was setting forth the parameters of the New Testament church. He was setting forth that we not only would have a great mission, but that we would also have the, <coughs> we would have the power to accomplish that mission. And that power, <coughs> excuse me, would come through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Let me finish this point on the Holy Spirit with this. Romans 8, 11 says this, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, where does it live? It lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies in this, with the same spirit that is living within you. You know, that's just not the way it used to be in the Old Testament. The spirit might have worked through, but it was not yet in people in this way. This opened the entire new set of resources to those who believe in Jesus. See, he gave us an incredible work to do, and we know the fact is that until Jesus, till the Holy Spirit came upon him at the time of his baptism, that he had not completed or done any miracles as well. But once the Spirit of God rested upon the, the natural man body of Jesus, the power that comes from heaven was upon him, and he was able to complete the work that God had sent him to do. Oh, folks, God has a tremendous work that he wants for us to do. And you have to understand that not only has he given us an assignment, but he's given us everything we need to complete our mission. You know, one of the worst things that you can do is give somebody an assignment 
but not give them the authority to do what they need to do. See, when Jesus called us in Matthew, excuse me, chapter 28, to go and make disciples of all, all men of all nations, see, he knew we would have to have a great power and able to do that. He knew that we would have to not only have the scriptures, but that we would be able to, we would have to be able to activate them as well. And this is what the power of the cross has done. It has released to us not only the mission, but the authority to carry it out. You know, the Bible was clear in John chapter 14, Jesus says to his disciples, even greater things will you do in my name. See, Jesus was already planning for the things that were ahead. He already knew that those of us who would be uh, modern day disciples and all of those who lived between our time and Jesus's resurrection, that each one of us to carry out the continued work of the kingdom would have to have a power and that powers the Holy Spirit. We would have to have a hope to be able to face the trials and most certainly Certainly, we would have to have to, we would have to have an intimate connection with God for him to lead us in the pathways that he's led us. Listen, I can tell you that over the last 35 years of being a believer, my life has been anything but dull and boring. My life has been amazing because I placed my life into the hands of the one who can lead me on his pathways. And when God leads you on a pathway, it becomes an amazing adventure. He takes away all of the things that hinder you. He removes fear. He removes discouragement. He removes despondency because he is the one that brings the things that you need. The Bible is clear that we have an assignment. We're to go and make disciples of all men of all nations. We're in those disciples. Some live right on your street. They live in your family. They live in your place of work. People need hope right now and hope is Jesus and we can be the ones that take this tumultuous time in other words we can take these lemons and we can make lemonade and it can be a rich time church I want to tell you something this is not the time for us to shrink back this is not the time for us to cower back. This is not the time for us to be consumed by fear. And this is not the time for us to be trusting other people for our provision and our sustenance. God is our protector. He's our provider and he brings great purpose to us. So I hope today that you will wrap your arms around the benefits of the cross that you will allow God to bring a renewed hope like he did to the people of Israel at their time, that you would get into a place to where you would even renew the time, the personal time that you have with God so that you can hear directly for him for the encouragement that you need. And please let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. Let the Spirit of God empower you. Let the Spirit speak through you words of encouragement that other people need. It has been such an honor to be able to come to you in this fashion. And again today, I, I just, in my heart, I want you to know if you're hopeless today, you can have hope. Hope comes 
in the package of Jesus Christ becoming your personal savior. Today, God loves you so much. He wants to continue to draw near to him. He's always there, but sometimes we don't draw near to him. Let this be the day you say yes to Christ. Let this be the day that you begin to see the power of the Holy Spirit work in your life. Let this be a new day and a new hour for you today. So I would just say to you, is this your time to say yes to Christ? If so, just take a moment to say, Jesus, come into my life. I wanna make you my Lord and Savior. It's been a great time to be able to express my excitement that the cross was never intended to be a one-time event, but the cross has many and multiple lasting benefits even to us today. Wrap your arms around them, let your belief grow, and you'll be amazed to see what God wants to do through your life, through the great adventure that he has planned for your future and the hope that he has for you. God bless you guys and have an amazing week.